All right, folks, we are officially in election season. And if you know what that means, then you're paying attention to what's going on. And I'm telling you, it's about to get real crazy. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, guys, what's going on? It is Tuesday, January 23rd. It is so good to be back into the studio, back in the saddle. Um, it's been, it feels like it's been forever. It's only been like four or five days, maybe, maybe four days. Uh, as you know, uh, we took a break to go on vacation. I uh, went with my family up into the uh, up into the Smoky Mountains of Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg in Tennessee. Um, had a great time, very cold, uh, much more uh, colder weather than I'm used to here in the state of Georgia, at least farther south here in Georgia. But uh, nevertheless, it's been cold across the country, but it was very cold, uh, snowy, icy, but we had a great time. It was good to get a refreshing, get a time away. And I appreciate all you guys and your support and your prayers of safety. Uh, but we're back. We're back home. And I am so excited to be back right here in the studio, in my office and uh, and get back onto uh, the uh, the forefront of what's going on. So uh, before we get started today, first of all, I want to uh, welcome all of our family, our our regular viewers, you guys in the YouTube chat, you guys that are watching the rebroadcast of this, or maybe live on Rumble, whatever the case may be. Welcome, uh, you guys on Apple, Spotify. Listen, if you're new, first time joining us, uh, let us know in the comments section below that you're new, where you guys are joining us from. Again. I am your host, Ricky Scaparro, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of End Time Headlines. And again, this is News and Headlines from a prophetic perspective. Uh, real quick, we do have an app. It is free. It's available on Apple and Android devices. Get yours today. Go to your Play Store. Uh, again, depending on what that looks like for you, download it today. Hit yes to push notifications, and you're going to be squared away and good to go with every headline, every podcast when it is readily available. Again, hit that like button. Hit that bell notification, hit the subscribe button, all that, so you can keep up with us here on these uh, on these platforms like Rumble and YouTube and all these. And plus, it helps push out our material so other individuals can also have the chance to check us out and listen to the information, the revelation, and the equipping that we present week after week after week after week. So, as I said at the opening of this, we are officially headlong now into election season. Now, you guys who have been in this thing long enough to know, uh, when we start talking about, when we get into, when we enter into election season, guys, we're talking about crazy goes to a whole other level. We're talking about uh, perplexity, confusion, chaos, disasters, everything and anything that can happen will happen during election season, and you can take that to the bank, buddy. I'm telling you right now, I I am no stranger to this thing. I've been through this thing through multiple election seasons, and I've seen it firsthand. So today, I want to talk about, and this is why I titled this, Be Prepared for Anything, because election season is here. And I'm going to show you, listen, guys, I'm going to tell you something. If the elites, the powers that be, uh, the deep state, whatever title and titles and whatever you want to give that, if they remotely in any way, shape, or form fear that their seat of position could be taken, lost, or replaced, I'm telling you, everything and anything possible that can happen whether it be on a disaster scale of just like as we say here, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, whatever the case would be, don't think that this will not be used to an advantage. Viruses, plagues, pandemics, pestilences will be used for their advantage. Political upheaval, scandals, conspiracies, Wars, terrorism, homegrown uh, 
international, whatever. I'm, we're, I'm just covering all the bases here, guys. And I'm going to show you some stuff today. We're going to talk about this for the next 45 minutes or so. Let's pull, and, 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 and let me, I'm going to tell you something else that's going to happen. And, and I, I predicted this, I said this because I've seen it. It happened back in 2016. It happened back in 2020. And it's going to happen again now. And it is happening. And that is this internet censorship is going to become even more greater because they will not allow. I mean, just think about this logically, guys. Do you actually think the opposing voices of truth, or let's just throw another angle out here, voices that dare to speculate or present a different narrative that doesn't fit the narrative of the mainstream media, the elites, the New World Order, uh, and so on. Do you really think they're going to allow these opposing voices to continue circulating across the airwaves? It's common sense, guys. So let me show you this. I'm going to show you some crazy stuff. All right, here's a report from the ChristianPost.com. The feds, according to a report, the feds urged banks. These are major banks, and this is nothing new. They've been doing this, but now it's like, Wow. Listen to this. Feds urged banks to flag purchases of Bibles and MAGA transactions. Again, this is from the House Committee. Let's read a little bit of this. A U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Subcommittee is seeking to question a former official in the U.S. Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Office over revelations the agency urged Financial institutions, think about it for a second. The U.S. Treasury, again, this agency urged financial institutions, a.k.a. big corporate banks, to flag customer transactions, mark them, put them in a database, let them be known to the authorities. Why? They wanted to flag their transactions. Now listen to this. Linked to phrases like MAGA and Trump. Anyone shocked by this? You shouldn't be. But it goes further. As well as purchases of religious text. To a developing story now, House Republicans demanding answers from the Biden administration over, quote, alarming surveillance on you, the American people. So documents show federal investigators asked banks to comb through transactions for terms like MAGA and Trump. So those aren't the only phrases. Financial institutions were told to key in on in the aftermath of January 6th. To put it all together, Brooke Singman, who has written the story on .com, joins us right now with details. Good morning to you, Brooke. Good morning. Brooke. Hey, good morning, you guys. That's right. So House Republicans are now seeking answers from a former Treasury official after the agency told banks to flag consumer transactions that included terms like Trump or MAGA. Documents show that banks were told to search for customer data for other key phrases, including popular sports stores like Cabela's, Bass Pro Shops, and Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, federal officials also asked those banks to comb through customer transactions for book purchases, including religious texts like the Bible and media sub subscriptions. Officials allegedly said those per purchases could indicate extremism. Now, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, who is leading this investigation, says search of those transactions violate Americans' constitutional rights. Listen. So it was big banks looking and searching private transactions using key terms at the suggestion of the federal government to, to find out what, what you're buying, what you're spending your money on. Scary stuff. All it looks like without any warrant, without any legal process, they undertook this as a way to identify domestic violent extremism. 
Jordan now writing a letter to the former director of Financial Crimes Enforcement Network saying, quote, FinCEN used large financial institutions to comb through the private transactions of their customers for suspicious charges on the basis of protected political and religious expression. Now, in a separate letter, Jordan asked FBI Director Ray to make a senior official available for an interview related to Bank of America. Now, that bank turned over customer data related to the purchases of firearms, hotels, and Airbnbs leading up to and after January 6th. So far, the FBI has declined to comment. Guys. So it's pretty amazing, Brooke, is that it's not just, well, we'll go, we're pursuing the answers in January 6th. You're saying prior to January 6th, people are looking for, uh, for those keywords, right? No, I'm saying after January 6th. So this all happened in the days after January 6th. And, of course, we don't know if there was ever an end date to these searches. Of course, I spoke with a number of sources who told me that these searches and the, the federal government reaching out to the banks and asking them to hone in on these keywords like MAGA, Trump, right. uh, looking dick sporting goods and things of that nature, they say that was happening before the inauguration to make sure that there was no type of violence. But there's never an end date, I'm told, from, from sources who are familiar with these documents on the search of these terms. So I think that's what Jim Jordan is looking for answers on from these officials. Right. So it was open-ended as to the end because they didn't know when somebody might uh, be done with whatever they were doing. Sounds right. like it was all part of the federal investigation. But, but Brooke, this all happened uh, during the Trump administration. Sure, it happened in the days after January 6th, of course, which was just two weeks, I guess, before the inauguration, January 20th. That is part of the Trump administration, maybe the Biden transition team, but I don't think that's really the issue here. It doesn't really matter which administration this is. I think what Jim Jordan is pointing to is the bureaucracy here looking into Americans' private data, right. private banking data, the federal government going into the private sector and saying, hey, turn over this data to us because we have a right to, to look through all of this. Of course, if they were looking to prevent some sort of attack or, or something of that nature on the inauguration, of course, that would make sense. But Jim Jordan says that Americans' constitutional rights are being violated here and were, and we don't know if, if they are still searching for these terms in Americans' hey, bank bro, accounts. According to the report, Jim Jordan, uh, Republican of, uh, out of Ohio, chair of the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, sent a letter to Noah Bishop, who is the former director of an office in the Treasury Strategic Operations Division of Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Request, requesting a transcript interview with Bischoff, Jordan stated that the subcommittee obtained documents showing that following the U.S. Capitol riot on January 6th of 21, FinCEN, that's F-I-N-C-E-N, distributed materials to financial institutions that, among other things, outline the, quote, typologies of various persons of interest. Now, who could these persons of interest be? He alleges the agency also provided financial institutions with suggested search terms. Yes, folks, things you search on Google is being flagged. Search terms and merchant category codes for identifying transactions on behalf of federal law enforcement. Quote, these materials included a document recommending the use of generic terms like Trump and MAGA to search Zelle payment messages, as well as prior FINCEN analysis of lone actor homegrown violent extremism indicators. Let me translate that to you. Translation, if you support Trump or MAGA, or purchase any material, uh, merchandise, search for it, whatever, you are being flagged because you could be, quote, a violent extremist. According to the analysis, FinCEN warned financial institutions of, quote, extremism indicators that include transportation charges, charges such as bus tickets, rental cars, or plane tickets for travel to areas with no apparent purpose or the purchase of books, including those of religious text, a.k.a. Bible, hello, and subscriptions to other media containing, quote, 
extremist views. Well, Brother Ricky, what are those extremist views? Well, we've told you what those are. Extremist, listen, if you believe in a, if you believe in God, you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and setting up his kingdom and ruling and reigning for a thousand years. And he's going to shut the mouths and shut down every institution that supports the shedding of innocent blood. Come on, somebody, abominations and all these other things. Then you, my friend, are considered to be an extremist if you support and you throw your support behind any candidate who actually opposes big brother, totalitarianism, communism, Marxism, then you are, quote unquote, a extremist. So I just, just wanted to let you know, I just wanted to give you the translation of that or interpretation of that. So you, there's no gray areas here. We don't do gray areas on end time headlines. We make it black or white. You're either here, you're there, the left, or you're the right. There is no middle. Even Jesus said there's no middle ground when you're serving him. I can take you to the book of Revelation. And you know what he describes the middle ground as? Lukewarm. And he says, I will that you be either red hot or ice cold. But because you're lukewarm, you make me want to spew you out of my mouth. Let me give you that translation too. In uh, my uh, southern vernacular, you make me want to throw up. The findings from the subcommittee suggest federal law enforcement agencies also sought data on transactions at popular sporting goods stores like Bass Pro Shops, Dick Sporting Goods, and Cabela's. Gee, I wonder what they're monitoring at those department stores. Hmm. Quote, we know the federal government flagged terms like MAGA and Trump to financial institutions of Americans completed transactions using those terms, Jordan tweeted. But what was also flagged, if you bought a religious text like a Bible or shopped at Bass Pro Shop, it was flagged by the feds. And by the way, guys, if you think I'm just blowing a bunch of smoke and making this up, here's the actual tweet from Representative Jim Jordan. This is right here. There's the letter that he sent. Everything is right there. Look, let me read this to you. One of the sample slides distributed by FinCEN prepared by a financial institution gave instructions on how to query for transactions like those associated with small arms. Hello, that's that's why you're being flagged. If you go to Dick's and Cabela's and these sporting and Bass Pro Shops, they're not flagging you because last time I checked, they don't sell MAGA hats there. They're trying to keep tabs on your firearm purchases. And because you're in the category of an extremist, that's why they're flagging you. And that's why they're watching you. That's why they're monitoring you. That's why they're observing every search engine query that you make on Google. They're instrument of traction. They're instrument of tracking you and keeping on tabs of you. And your phone, every time you talk, every time you speak, it's keeping tabs on you. Your smart television, all this stuff. Your, 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 uh, your automobile is doing it. Look at this. Let me pull this down. Remember what we talked about at the beginning of this? I said, it's election season. Get ready for crazy on steroids, right? Look at this. While Jordan's letter refers to the January 6th date, a source familiar with the matter told Fox News that the documents linked to House Committee's investigation contain no specific time frames or limitations for banks searching customer transactions with the terms. This suggests federal investigators may have expanded their effort to collect data from merchants beyond those transactions linked to January 6th. Look at this. The revelation comes just days after President Joe Biden released the first ad for his 2024 reelection campaign in which he labeled. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure this is just all coincidence. All of this revelation came and surfaced just days after Biden released his first ad for his 2024 campaign, his reelection campaign. Look at this, in which he labeled millions of Trump supporters as, quote, extremist. So where is this stuff? Where is this language coming from? Where is this verbiage coming from? It's coming from the highest place of office. It's amazing to me that these guys get up here. 
And they get in these press conferences, they get up here behind the podium, they get on television, and they want to point their bony finger at all, at all conservatives, all Bible-believing Christians, and they want to call us extremists and say, we're stirring the pot, we're doing us, when they're the very ones propagating this stuff. Even in the ad that Biden released, it said, I'm going to give you a quote from this, quote, there's something dangerous happening in America. The Democrat says in the ad's voiceover, and then the voice gets on back on. It says, quote, there's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs of our democracy. All of us are being asked right now, what will we do to maintain our democracy? Well, what will you do? You want to accuse all of, again, you want to accuse conservatives and Bible believers and Bible believing Christians as being extremists. And you want to, you want to flag us and control us and monitor us and watch us 24 seven to see what we're going to do next. Listen, if you're watching me, honey, you're going to be bored to tears. You better go on to somebody else. Cause I'm telling you, if you keep, if you keep tabs on me and what I'm doing, you're going to be bored out of your mind. I mean, you want to sit and, and read my Bible and read uh, the Bible with me, you go right ahead. If you want to sit here and, and watch some of the stuff that I watch or do what I do, listen, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't live an extraordinary, um, um, amazing, exciting lifestyle. I'm just saying to the average thrill seeker, I'm, we're probably a pretty boring lifestyle. All right. So what are we talking about? Again, get ready. I'm telling you because the, everything is being, they're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink, guys. I'm telling you, because it's an election cycle. Look, we, we, I even Google who, by the way, owns YouTube. So it's only a matter of time here on YouTube, guys. Listen to me, all of you in the chat, you need to become acquainted with our app. You need to become acquainted to know that there is alternatives outside of YouTube. I preached this to I was blue in the face with all the people on Facebook. And we only got, I'm telling you, a fraction of them to come over here to YouTube. They won't leave Facebook. It's amazing. Now I'm going to preach the same thing to you guys on YouTube. If you actually think that Google is going to allow this kind of, of talks and talking points and podcasts and videos to continue on their platform, you are very deceived. You're naive, you're arrogant, you're ignorant. I don't know. Whatever shoe fits for you. Look, we love, we love you guys. We enjoy the chats, but guys, you're, you're going to, you need to know that there's alternatives and there's going to be a secondary alternative other than Google, because this is not where we're going to be hanging our hat down the road very soon. So this is why I said, be sure you become acquainted with Rumble. Be, we stream directly from our main website, which has a chat room, by the way, right directly from our website. It sends out notifications to let you know we're live. You can go in the chat room. It's all there. So you need to become acquainted with that. I'm not saying you have to jump over there now because there's hardly anybody over there right now. But when the time comes, you, you need to know where to go. Now, why am I saying this? Google, excuse me, Google uh, sent out a notification to all of its clients who use AdSense. Now, End Time Headlines does use AdSense. We, uh, this is how we pay for the app. It pays for the renewal. It pays for all the maintenance fees. It pays for the monthly fees. Listen, you think it's free. It's not. So this is how we, you know, we use Google. And it pays for all this stuff. I want to show you this. They sent out a, now this is directly from AdSense. They sent out a new policy guideline for the month of February. So this begins February 1st this year. And again, I'm sure it's all just a coincidence that it's an election cycle. It's an election year. And this just so happens to come across their desk and they've got to put this out there as soon as possible here. What is this new announcement? Updates to the AdSense program policies as of February 2024 on on the 9th of February. So I was wrong. It's February 9th. I thought it was the first. So it's February 9th. Google will introduce a here it is, quote, a new sensitive events policy into the AdSense program policies. Now, 
if you guys caught our program with Larry Raglan, I, I, I broke this news to him on that program. We did that. We did a segment together. We talked about that. We introduced it. And then I think we talked about it in another one. So here it is right here. I wanted to pull this up so you can see this. So what is a sensitive event policy or what's this sensitive events? What's this? Well, here's what Google's definition is. And we know how much clarity they give in their definitions of policies. For example, what is hate speech? Uh, what is hateful content? If you were to, if you go and try to search that out, they give you very vague definitions of that. It's very broad and it's very secretive. So again, I'm only, I'm going to give you what they gave us. Here it is. A sensitive event is an unforeseen event or development that creates significant risk to Google's ability to provide high quality, relevant information and ground truth. That's the one that really got me. Let me say that one more time. It's an unforeseen event or development that creates significant risk to Google's ability. It throws a wrench in their ability to provide high quality, okay, relevant information. Mm, Okay, what does that mean? Now look at this, and ground truth. Now what what is relevant information and ground truth? Well, relevant information, according to Google, is information that has been panned through and skimmed through their powers that be that decide what is relevant for you. Or let me say it like this. If it meets and fits the criteria of the narrative, when they pan it through, come on, when I, what, what, what am I talking about when I pan it? You know, if you go into a creek and you're panning for gold and you dip your pan in and you, you, you're skimming, you're panning, you're trying to get all the, the junk out, the rocks out, the dirt out, and you're looking for the gold. Well, see, Google is going to pan through all of the websites, all of the blog sites, all of the podcasts, all of the videos. And while they're panning through this, they're going to determine what is, quote, relevant information and ground truth. If it doesn't fit their narrative, the mainstream media's narrative, the current administration's narrative, the WEF, the um, the powers that be that are pulling the strings, if it doesn't fit, fit their narrative, then they're going to toss it out. Now, what does it mean by toss it out? Well, let me read on here. All right, so we got relevant information. We got ground truth. And anything, again, sensitive event is that anything that reduces insensitive or explore, exploitative, expl, insensitive or exploitative content in prominent and monetized features. So, Look, here is what I predict is going to happen. All of these truther sites, all of the Watchmen blogs, the podcast, the YouTubers, the influencers, whatever term you want to give them, preachers, evangelists, pastors, churches, anyone who streams, uploads, or has content on Google's platform, a.k.a. YouTube, or they use AdSense in any form or fashion. By the way, that's on YouTube as well. Even if you turn it, listen, and you if you say, well, I'm going to turn the monetization off on the video so I won't get flagged wrong, they'll still flag it. Uh, trust me, I know. They, I'm telling you, all the watchmen are in great jeopardy. If you, again, if you're getting up and you're speaking truth, According to the Bible, you're already labeled an extremist. So now they're going to take it a step farther and say, well, we're going to have to shut you down and shut your voice down and suppress. They've already been doing this, guys, for years. Now, again, this is just another notch in their belt. 
This is just another tool that they're going to use, another set on their algorithm that's going to scan every video, every YouTube, every podcast, everything that goes out there that is circulating in the mainstream in the marketplace of society that's trying to warn people and inform people. And it, but it's going to be heavily suppressed, monitored, and eventually they're going to just completely either shut you down or shadow ban you. Look at this. UNESCO wants to develop an internet of trust. And here are its guidelines. Let me say that one more time. UNESCO wants to develop an internet of, quote, trust. And here are its guidelines. Now, who is this from? Well, look up here at the top. Can you see this, what I'm looking at? Look at my curse. The World Economic Forum. Here is, according to the World Economic Forum, here is their blueprint guidelines of a, quote, internet of trust. And so let's look at the guidelines, shall we? All right. Now, again, this is directly, guys, this is not from some conspiracy theory website or blog. This is from the World Economic Forum website. I'm going to read this. UNESCO has released guidelines for the governance of digital platforms in a bid to, quote, protect people's rights online. It includes five principles that aim to prevent issues such as, here it is, misinformation, disinformation, hate speech, and conspiracy theories. Now, how much proof do you want, guys, that Google, MSN, Yahoo, all of the, Bing, all of these search engines, all of these platforms, all of the big tech giants, all of them, guys, are in bed with the WEF and all of these elites. And I just showed you right here, these five principles, misinformation, disinformation, hate speech, and conspiracy theories. They want it snuffed out in the name of, quote, an internet of trust. I want to just read a little bit of this. Three times as many people in the world use social media than own a car. Yet how many more regulations are there for our roads than for governing the digital platforms we spend so much of our days using? Notice it says here regulations there. I mean, regulations governing. They're pushing this, guys. You better get used to it. I'm telling you, an estimated 60 percent of the world. That's approximately four point seven five billion people on the earth use social media. That's not just to express themselves and connect with others, but to, quote, inform themselves about news and global events. That's one of the leading strategic, excuse me, that's one of the leading statistics in UNESCO's new guidelines for the governance of digital platforms, which aim to ensure people retain their rights online and are, quote, protected from misinformation, disinformation, hate speech and conspiracy theories. Quote, if we can no longer distinguish fiction from reality, well, who, again, this is what blows me away, guys. Who do these people think they are? Excuse me if, you, if, if, if it sounds like I'm a little flustered because I am. Who do these people think they are that they have such power that they can become the arbitrators of what is truth and what is false, what is reality and what is conspiracy. Because the last time I checked, a lot of the, excuse me if this offends you, a lot of the crap that was shoved down our throat in 2019 and 2020 that we were told to trust the science with, that we question. And they said, they told us to shut up and sit down and keep our mouth shut. And we question all this stuff. Now, isn't it interesting? Here we are, fast forward four years later, and there's all kinds of information coming out proving that half of these jokers who made these decisions made it off the seat of their pants and it had nothing to do with science. And it actually caused more damage than good. But hey, Hey, we got to trust. We, they're creating an internet of trust. And we've just got to, we got to trust them, Brother Ricky. They're the arbitrators of truth. 
They're going to keep us safe. Let me read this. If we can no longer distinguish fiction from reality, falsehood from truth, the foundations of our societies crumble. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, because that's what's going to cause our society to crumble. It's not going to be immorality, debauchery, abominations, lying, uh, uh, corruption. Come on. None of that stuff is ever going to affect our society or our democracy, right? It's only going to be falsehoods and fiction and conspiracies, right? Democracy, dialogue, and debate, all essential to address major contemporary challenges, become impossible. This is according to UNESCO. Faced with global nature of these issues, we need to, here it is, develop consistent responses around the world and avoid the fragmentation of regulations or approaches that compromise human rights. All right, so let's get to the good part. What are these guidelines, Brother Ricky? I want to know the guidelines. Let's talk about it, all right? All right, number one, platforms conduct due diligence on human rights. Platforms should conduct periodic risk assessments to identify and address any actual or potential human rights impacts of their operations. Specifically, UNESCO says these assessments should take place ahead of elections. Oh, well, there it is. What do you know? UNESCO says these assessments should take place ahead of elections. What's well, interesting, they just let it right out of the bag, didn't they? Why? Because it will ensure voting process retain their integrity. There's already evidence of, quote, social media impacting election outcomes. And the risk of AI has led to fears that fake videos and disinformation spread online could swing voting results. What more can you guys do to prevent it? Come on. When Jack Dorsey was at Twitter I mean, it, it, all the information came out that they were actively suppressing people's information and it was in favor of one political party. I'll let you guess who that was. Facebook was doing it. Zuckerberg was doing it. Google's been doing it. I mean, come on, guys. All right, number two. Platforms adhere to international human rights standards, including in-platform design, content moderation, and content curation. Oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. The design of digital platforms and their content moderation and curation policies are the focus of this principle. There is a need to ensure that, quote, non-discrimination and equal treatment in these areas. Microsoft is among the firms that have already flagged the need for inclusive design online. That accounts for people's offering or differing physical, cognitive and emotional needs. As for content moderation, oh yes, please tell us what that is. UNESCO's UNESCO flags a need to address biases, stereotypes, and discriminatory algorithms or content moderation practices that affect women and girls as well as groups in situations of vulnerability and marginalization, including indigenous communities. Oh, so let me get this straight. So your your great algorithms that are notorious for silencing, suppressing, shadow banning, and shutting down voices of truth, voices that oppose the narrative, voices that stand up for what the Bible stands for, those voices are going to be, again, suppressed, silenced, shadow banned, and shut down by this same algorithm. But they're saying, hey, we need to tweak this thing so that it favors a certain margin of margin of people. Wonder who that people in that group would be. Hmm. Of course, effective online content moderation will counter hate speech to make the internet a welcoming place for all. Really? A welcoming place for all. Sure. It also means ensuring that wherever algorithms are used for moderation rather than humans, they are free of the biases that can make them racist or sexist. 
um, excuse me, you may want to go right into the corporate offices of Google and Facebook and all of these other big tech companies because that's where it starts because they're the ones that control, set up, and monitor the algorithms that do this in the first place. Guys, this is just stupid. It's dumb. It is, it's absolutely mind-blowing to me. They want to prevent discrimination based on sex, ethnic origin, socioeconomic background, and other characteristics enshrined in numerous international conventions. Again, as the World Economic Forum's toolkit for digital safety design interventions and innovations points out, the typology aims to, quote, harmonize universal perceptions of online threats following a fragmentation of efforts to tackle issues from cyberbullying to hate speech. All right, let's go to the next one. The next, the number three principle is platforms to be transparent. Now, guys, this is so stupid, I don't even want to read it. Are, Are you kidding me? So I guess, listen, so are they going to, again, are they going to start with Google? Are they going to start with Facebook? You want to talk about transparency issues? Listen, I'm telling Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, both of these jokers went to, again, to the White House. They went all the way to the, the, to the Capitol, and they were drilled by senators, all kinds of people, about the transparency of their platforms and what was done about that. Number four, platforms make information and tools available for users. There's where your AI comes in. AI is going to be a huge role in this. Again, an AI will be created by these designers and these creators. They're going to be determined, again, where where the pendulum of this and where it favors and who it favors and what it favors for. And then number five, platforms are accountable to relevant stakeholders. Uh, Translation we're paying it. We're paying the bill. We're funding this. So we get to determine what we do with it. And we're going to control it to our advantage because we're the ones funding it. All right, guys, I went like, I don't know how long I've gone 35, 40 minutes. I want to shift gears. I, I told you, be ready for everything. I'm not going to be able to cut. We may have to do a part two to this because there's no way I'm going to cover all this today. Um, yes, I will. We'll do a second part of this this week. We've got four days this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Let me shift gears. I'm going to show you speaking of the world economic forum. You know, what was the highlight of all of their talking points and everything? They put this on the front burner and it was disease X. So you better get used to that term disease X because it keeps coming up, coming up, coming up. And it's amazing to me because this thing doesn't even, and I'm going to use quotations here, quote, exist as we know it. Hello. Or in other words, at least we're told it doesn't exist because after all, it's all hypo. It's a hypothesis. It's hypothetical. It's a disease that they are quote preparing us for. And it's interesting that the WEF put this on the front burner. In fact, it was so much so that the World Health Organization director is now calling for world pandemic treaty. Let me say that again. The World Health Organization director is calling for a world pandemic treaty. Now, in case some of you guys are going to remember this, some of you won't, but we did a podcast several months ago, and we talked about the WEF, the WHO, the CDC, and the government of the United States and and governments outside of America have all been working together to create these things like this, these treaties, these, uh, these institutions, these, these, uh, these scenarios. And in the event of something big, like another pandemic, then there would be uh, there would be rules and regulations and and things would be set in motion on how they would handle this. Biden was absolutely influential in this, and it really and it, to make a long story short, we actually surrender rights, sovereign rights. We surrender things over to the United Nations and these and these huge entities. This is unbelievable. This is what this is kind of going into here. World leaders gathering in Davos, Switzerland this week are going to discuss disease X, a hypothetical virus 20 times deadlier than COVID-19. 
Addressing a global pandemic is also something that a next U.S. president might face. But what exactly is a disease X? According to the World Health Organization, disease X represents the knowledge that a serious international epidemic could be caused by an unknown pathogen. Let's bring in Dr. Amish Adalja. He is a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thanks so much for being with us. COVID-19 has killed almost 7 million people worldwide. What would a virus 20 times deadlier be like? And, and is, it, is that a possibility that we could see in our lifetime? It's definitely a possibility, because if you look at COVID-19 and compare it, for example, to the 1918 influenza pandemic, you can see that it is magnitudes less deadly than 1918. And there are strains of viruses that have very high mortality rates that could develop the ability to transmit efficiently from human to human. If we did so poorly with something like COVID-19, you can imagine how poorly we would do with something like a 1918-level event. Do we know, and maybe this is one of the things they're trying to work out, but where a pathogen like that could originate from as these world leaders think about how to combat such a thing? Likely these types of pathogens are going to be respiratory viruses, and they may be viruses that are circulating in certain animal species but are not able to transmit yet efficiently between humans. So that could be in bats like COVID-19, it could be in birds like bird flu, or it could be some other type of animal species, swine, for example. And it's really about that interface between humans and animals where interactions are occurring that these types of viruses get a foothold. Most of them will die out, but what we worry about is one that can spread efficiently the way 1918 did. And so what kinds of preparations might they be talking about? And are there certain roadblocks that we learned about from COVID-19 that just need to be cleared in terms of, I guess, well, within individual countries, but then also cooperation across countries? What kinds of topics do you think they're talking about as they discuss disease X? Well, the whole idea of disease X is about being proactive to look at the myriad types of viruses that can infect humans and kind of narrow in on certain viral families that are most likely to harbor a pandemic pathogen and start working in those families, even if we don't know which member of those families, or even if it's an unknown member of those families, might cause the, the next pandemic or epidemic. So that means thinking about what do you need to do to make a vaccine? What are the antiviral targets? What type of diagnostic tests do you need to have in place? Should we be doing wastewater monitor? All of those types of types types of questions are being contemplated in the effort to be proactive. And what we learned from COVID-19 is, is that there are obstacles. We have regulatory and bureaucratic obstacles, and we also have this lack of transparency. For example, in the early days of COVID, it was clear in China that this was spreading efficiently from person to person, yet that wasn't the official line from China for some time, and the the world was caught flat-footed. So I think there are many roadblocks and many problems from COVID-19 that we can't afford to repeat again with the next pandemic when it occurs. And would you include, when you say transparency, are you also including just misinformation or the inability of information to reach a trust level with certain populations that allows people to act on it or at least get a message out in the public health sphere? Definitely. I think that what we see now is this distrust between infectious disease physicians, public health practitioners, and the general public, because what happened is politicians injected themselves into this, and then it kind of got filtered through all that tribal lens that politics often brings to an issue, and that's something that we're already seeing problems with, for example, with measles outbreaks in Philadelphia uh, that are fueled by anti-vaccine sentiment. So yes, that is part of it, that, that people may not actually be receptive to the protective actions that are being recommended by public health officials. And that's going to come back and make things much more harder than they, they need to be. Let me read this. This is from Fox News. The World Health Organization director has called on countries to sign on the health organization's pandemic treaty. Let me say that again. We, the, the WHO needs the countries of the world to sign on the health organization's quote-unquote pandemic treaty so that the world can prepare for disease X. But Brother Ricky, it's not here. Oh, but you better be prepared for it. You may not be prepared for it. I may not be prepared for it. Your neighbors may not be prepared for it. Your family may not be prepared for it. But I'm going to tell you who is prepared for it. The government of the United States. The governments of the world. The WHO is prepared for it. The CDC is is prepared for it. Uh, um, Klaus Schwab and the WEF is prepared for it. The United Nations is prepared for it. 
All of these people are prepared for this. But Americans, most of, not all, are walking around with their head buried in their phones, buried in the sand, and they're oblivious to what's going on. They're lemmings. Oh, there's another pandemic. Let me go get my mask. Let me go get go. Let me get another jab in my arm because that's what they're telling me to do. And we got to keep everyone safe. Whatever, whatever keeps us safe. That's what we got to do. Speaking in front of an audience at the, the World Economic Forum in Davos on Wednesday, he said that he hoped countries would reach a pandemic agreement by the month of May of this year. Why? So they can address this, quote, common enemy. Who is the common enemy? Disease X. Now, I'm going to pull this up so you can read what I'm looking at. So you know that I'm not making this stuff up. Because, again, you'd be surprised. Disease X is a hypothetical placeholder virus that has not yet been. And I, this is an interesting term they use here. Again, this is not Brother Ricky's terminology and verbiage. I'm, I'm reading to you from, you guys can see this. Uh, for watching the visual of this, you guys on Apple and Spotify, I'm going to read this verbatim. Disease X is a hypothetical placeholder virus that has not yet been formed. But scientists say it could be 20 times deadlier than the want want. It was added to the WHO's short list of pathogens for research in 2017. So again, since 2017, they've been, quote unquote, researching this. And we'll talk about that in just a second. That could cause a, quote, serious international epidemic. This was according to a 2022 World Health Organization press release. According to this uh, director, he said that the want was the first disease X, but it's important to prepare for another pandemic. There are things that are unknown that may happen. Oh, let me say that again. There are unknown there are things that are unknown that may happen. Let me go back over here. Isn't it interesting that AdSense wants to update their policies for quote sensitive events, which are by their definition unforeseen events? unforeseen events. Oh, does that sound familiar? Yes, it is. Because for unforeseen events, the government's been doing a lot of things as of the last 12 months to 12 to 15 months. Like handing out satellite telephones in case of unforeseen events that knock out communication. They, uh, whole entire organizations are all prepared for unforeseen events or anything. Uh, let me read this again. There are things that are unknown that may happen and anything happen is a matter of when and not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the diseases we don't know. Quote, we lost many people during the want want because we couldn't manage them. Hmm, what they couldn't man what it seemed like they were managing us really well to me. They were using every tool imaginable to manage us. They could have they could have been saved, but there was no space. There was not enough oxygen. So how how can you have a system that can expand when the need comes? He said that a shared response via the treaty would help the world better react to another outbreak. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. That agreement can help us to prepare for the future in a better way. Quote, this is a common global interest, is it now? And very narrow national interests should not come into the way. Those Narrow national interest should not come in the way. They should not get in the way. They should not hinder it. If you oppose this, you, again, are on that narrow national interest. 
He went on to say that, quote, it is better to anticipate something that may happen because it has happened in our history many times and prepare for it. We should not face things unprepared. We can prepare for some unknown things as well. The main goal of this treaty, according to this spokesman, would be to foster an all of government and all of society approach. Let me say that all of government and all of society approach, strengthening national, regional and global capacities and resilience to future pandemics. A statement put out by two dozen heads of state uh, in reads. I want to read this here and then we're going to move and we're almost done guys. Let me read this. What included in this, look at this quote, this includes greatly enhancing international cooperation to improve, for example, alert systems, data sharing, research, and local, regional, and global production and distribution of medical and public health countermeasures such as vaccines, medicines, diagnostics, and personal protective equipment. And look who was here. And the Biden administration was negotiating the global pandemic treaty last year. I told you they were right in it, involved in it. Tim Burchett, Republican of Tennessee, said in a May press conference, quote, the World Health Organization pandemic treaty is very vague. It affects our sovereignty and it could be exploited to to tell all Americans what kind of health care they need in the event of a global pandemic. I want to show you one last thing here, and then we're going to call it a day for today. And again, we'll be back on here tomorrow. And uh, and I don't know if we'll continue this talking point tomorrow, but we'll we'll get back to this this week. Look at this is from the Daily Mail. Controversial research group linked to Wuhan discovers a quote never before seen virus. Um a.k.a. Disease X, right? They discovered this in bats in in Thailand with almost as much potential as want want to infect humans. Oh, it gets even more scarier than that, guys. Let me read on here. A zoologist whose organization funded controversial experiments in Wuhan, which some fears started the pandemic, has presented the discovery of a never-before-seen virus with almost as much potential to infect humans as the last one. Dr. Peter Daszak, head of the New York-based nonprofit Echo Health Alliance, detailed his findings in bats at an event held by the WHO. Hmm. An event held by the World Health Organization... He details what he found on future pandemic research preparedness. Echo Health had its funding pulled and projects to find viruses in China canceled due to concerns about its ties to the want want lab leak theory. But it has continued to operate in Thailand and other parts of Asia with millions of dollars in U.S. government grants. Dr. Dasik told attendees at the WHO conference about his team's ongoing efforts to comb Southeast Asia for threatening animal viruses. Some scientists consider these viruses, virus hunting experiments at, quote, risk of causing a future pandemic. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. You think? Uh, uh, guys, again, this, let me give you a little analogy from the South. If your kid is up in the woods in a place that, in a deep south that is known for timber rattle, rattlesnakes, copperheads, water moccasins, venomous snakes, and they're in the woods going around flipping over logs and flipping over rocks, just casually just flipping them over and flipping this over and flipping that over, eventually they're going to get bit. So we've got these guys in the name of science and the name of research is going around flipping up logs and flipping up rocks. And we wonder why these viruses suddenly come back to bite us. They're in laboratories conjuring up stuff behind closed doors. For goodness sake, there was a laboratory that was recently discovered in America that had all kinds of stuff in there that was com completely hazardous. It could have been used as bioweapons. But hey, nothing to see here, folks. And by the way, and it was, and it was purchased uh, from China. Dr. Dazik 
who is a friend. I know this is going to be a shock to all of you. He was a friend of Dr. Anthony Fauci. What a shock, right? The ex-chief medical advisor to the U.S. president revealed his team have already found one bat coronavirus of considerable interest. Quote, we found a lot of SARS-related coronaviruses, but one in particular we found was quite common in bats where people were commonly exposed. Again, he presented all this to the WHO, Google, in case you want to flag this and probably pull it down. And in case they do, guys, it'll be on Rumble and it'll be on our website. The virus, which was not named, was found in... Well, let me give you a name for it. Disease X. Could it be? Time will tell. This was found in a cave in Thailand, frequented by farmers who used their their rich guano. That's bat feces, by the way. I learned that from Ace Ventura. Come on, how many members that movie? Within, uh, Within as fertilizers for their crops... Dr. Dazik, an expert in zoonosis, when animal pathogens jump to people, uh, is a firm defender of COVID having natural origin and has staunchly dismissed the lab leak theory. He goes on, yada, 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 he gets to here and he says, quote, here we have a virus in bats right now in a cave used by people highly exposed to bat feces. And this virus is shed in bat feces, so there is a real potential for emergence. I'm going to say that again. There is a, quote, real potential for emergence. However, he added, quote, we know that most people in the region have either had want-want or been vaccinated, and that will provide real good protection. Oh, yes. Nothing Nothing to be concerned about if they've had that. Nothing to be concerned about because we, uh, never mind, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Let's just move on. Um, again, guys, the bottom line is, I'm going to recap this. We're going to close this today. Anything and everything that can happen, you need to be prepared for it because it is an election cycle. Somebody say that with me. It is an election cycle. It is an election year. I'm telling you, the, and, and, and it's and right now, as of the recording of this, it's Tuesday. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens tonight with Haley and Trump. Depending on how this thing goes, and it seems like this thing is going in forward in motion, it's going to get crazy. You better buckle up. Again, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. Guys, keep in prayer. Uh, keep, uh, keep Get in your secret place. Keep close to the Lord because you're going to need to do that in the coming months ahead of time. Again, guys, If you want to keep up with our ministry, please download our free app. It's available on Apple and Android. Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be squared away. You're going to be good to go. You're going to get every podcast, every headline when it's readily available. As always, guys, if this ministry blesses you, it informs you, it equips you, um, it keeps you up to date with everything, please pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that two different ways. The easiest way is through the app. It's electronically uh, or if you just go to the app, click on donate, it's going to bring you to a page and you can give electronically through cash app, through Venmo, through your credit card, through PayPal. Or if you wish to give by check or money order, you can simply do that right there on your screen. You can make it out to end time headlines, PO box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia three zero six five five. As always guys, we, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Listen, thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, your your support of our ministry. I want to, let me give you a quick update. Um, I am feeling a lot better. I, you guys can probably notice that. The only issue I'm having right now is I still get all the, I still have neck stiffness and pain that comes and goes throughout the day. But we're, we're we've got some physical therapy sessions. We're hoping that we can do some stretches and all kinds of things to get that the blood flowing and get that get that out and. Hopefully, praying, we will. I, I, I believe in Jesus' name, we're going to get this resolved. Um, but as far as some other, some of the nasty stuff we was going through five, six weeks ago, a lot of this has pretty much subsided and gone. Uh, as, as I've told you before, I've completely gone to a whole foods plant-based diet. And I've, I've, man, I feel better. I feel like I'm 25 years old again. And sometimes in my energy levels. Uh, now, again, 
Uh, there is days that I wake up and I feel like I'm my age, which is again, I just turned 47 years of age, but I'm telling you, I feel a lot better, more, my cognitive, uh, uh, reasoning and thinking and being able to react is a lot better because I've gotten off all the sugar. I've gotten off the caffeine. Um, we, you know, we're, we're doing away with all this stuff and I, you know, just the weights coming off feel better. So praise God, you know, listen, I believe in healing. I'm a firm believer uh, in the miraculous, I believe in laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe that he's Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. But I also believe that God gives us wisdom. Listen, I'm not advocating Seventh-day Adventist. Nothing against them. We have brothers and sisters that are Seventh-day Adventist. I'm, I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist. But the one thing I believe that they've got right, and it's proven, because one, one of the major uh, six... Uh, blue zones in uh, in the world is in America. It's in California, and it's a and it's a Seventh Day Adventist group, and they they're living this lifestyle, this whole food plant based diet, and they have some of the longest longevity out there on the planet. So they've got that down, and so I feel good about this. Uh, um, I I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited about the future. God's got this, guys. We ain't play. Listen. The, the Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Now, that last part's not, you know, that's just a southern term. But we're going to keep going as long as the Lord permits us to do. But I don't plan on going anywhere. I believe I believe in the word of the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 90 verse 10, a man's years shall be 70 and 80 or more by reason of strength. I believe in Psalm 91 with long life. He will satisfy thee and show thee the joy of thy salvation. Come on, somebody. Third John 2, beloved above all things, I wish that thou may prosper and be in health even as they so prosper. So I, again, I appreciate your prayers, your your support. Um, and again, we could not do what we're doing without that. So I love you guys. We appreciate you. And it's so good to be back with you guys. So we're going to sign off for today. Again, please guys share this, hit that like button, hit that bell notification. And we're going to sign off for today and we'll be right back here. I know that everything's all mixed up. We're typically off on Wednesdays, but we were off on Monday because we we're traveling, but we're going to be back tomorrow. I know some of you guys will be in church, but come back and watch the replay when you can. Wednesday, January 24th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here, same channel, same time, same place uh, for another great segment. So until then, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.